the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Get ready for the 2020 Bible Challenge. It's not like any Bible challenge we have done before. Our goal is to help you dig in and grab a hold of the foundational truths of our faith. So we have broken the year up into sections according to topic. From salvation and stewardship to forgiveness, baptism, and more. We will dive into the scriptures that cover more than 25 subjects. Visit gracebiblechallenge.com. That's gracebiblechallenge.com to sign up and join the 2020 Bible Challenge. Go beyond just reading. Strengthen your knowledge and deepen your understanding of God's Word with in-depth studies on what the Bible says about these essential spiritual truths. To sign up and join the 2020 Bible Challenge, go to gracebiblechallenge.com today. That's gracebiblechallenge.com and get ready to grow in God's Word. We are excited to announce the Live Big television broadcast is back on BET on Sundays at 7 a.m. There are a few other changes, so visit DerekGreer.com to view the full broadcast schedule and much more. You were made to think big, too big, too big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow, yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Hello, welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Grier. We are so glad that you joined us today. We believe that the truth of God's word will empower you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. As always, you can get this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's Live Big message. Ready for the word? All right, 2 Kings chapter 19. And the this narrative today is familiar. Um, and today is not a shouting message. Um, if, if every now and then, please give me an amen just so I know you're out there. But today I have a, a real clear exhortation from the Lord. And more than God trying to get us excited, he's trying to salt us. How many know you have something salty, you want something to drink? Yeah. So he wants to salt us with a certain desire. And uh, matter of fact, this is the second time this year, and I don't typically uh, re-preach uh, from a passage of scripture, uh, you know, in, in a short period of time, like, like a year, a lot of times every three years, I might get back to, to a particular uh, narrative. But the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be confirmed. So whenever God starts directing me to repeat, even though the message is very different than what you heard before, we're going to focus on some things that I think are super important, and I've never actually taught some of these things before. But, but whenever God has a circle back around, it's because that truth is very, very, very significant. He's trying to, to mark it in our hearts. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you could also say faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. All right, let's do it. Second Kings chapter 19 and verse 
14. And Hezekiah received a letter from the hand of the messengers. The most powerful military on the globe at that particular time had already ravaged the northern kingdom, parts of Judea where Hezekiah reigned. Hundreds of thousands of Syrian soldiers were with just a two or three day march away. And if you know anything about the context and the background, a number of things had already transpired. And the king at this point was weary. The people were, were frightened. And the worst kind of trouble was snaking its way toward Jerusalem. And the Bible says, and King Hezekiah read it. Now, this it, he's referring to, to, to a, a letter. Now, what the king of Assyria decided to do was that he was going to intimidate the king of Judah. So he sent this letter predicting the total destruction of Jerusalem. Who like me have read some doctor's reports, some uh, financial reports, maybe a few emails that, that, that were designed to intimidate you, to frighten you and, and upset you and move you from your place in God? This was the situation that Hezekiah was dealing with. Then it says, and Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord. Now, here is the million-dollar question. Where do you go? Who do you turn to when insurmountable, impossible issues end up on your front door? Now, war was not just a matter of a few guys getting shot up. I mean, if you lost the war, you'd lose your wife. You'd often become a slave. And, 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 and these guys, the Assyrians in particular, they were quite brutal, man. They, they, they would kill people for a long time. I mean, I mean, they didn't just stab you. They torture you. Then you die. And they make examples of people. So this was not an army you ever wanted to be defeated by because they would make an example of your nation, your people, and your family. But watch how Hezekiah responds in this next verse. He has this letter, and it says he spread it out before the Lord. He did not first call his military advisors. He didn't call Big Mama. He didn't call Uncle John. If I could only learn one thing in life beyond the Word of God, it would be how to pray. And I'm getting concerned that prayer might be a lost art in God's house. Verse 15. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord. You see, now we have hospitals, we have doctors. We, we, we could push buttons and, and things are at our convenience like never before. And sometimes these conveniences actually, you know, years ago people had to pray when they went into the outhouse, making sure there wasn't a snake in there to, to meet them when they tried to take care of their bed. I mean, you had to pray. When you're out there at night, come on, you got to pray. But it's right down the hall. The worst that can happen is maybe you stub your toe. You hear what I'm saying? So the, our environment is such that it almost seems like prayer is not needed. And a generation now is losing the power and revelation of prayer. Well, it says, and then Hezekiah prayed before who? The Lord. You know, it's important, you know, and, and, yeah, this is sarcastic. I'm just going to say it. We learn our three favorite verses. You know, we, we memorize them. We learn the holy dance. We might learn how, 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 to, how to shout. But when push comes to shove, when you get that call at midnight, 
The question is, do you know how to pray? I didn't ask you if you had nice church clothes. I didn't ask you if you knew how to put on your church face. I didn't ask you what your title was or what type of hat you wore. The question is, when crisis is on your doorstep, do you know how to get hold of God? Matthew 6 and 6. I want to teach you something that God taught me, you know, 30 years ago that has kept me and, and, and has preserved me. And if you learn this lesson, you will discover genuine strength in times of opposition like the one that uh, King Hezekiah was looking at. He said this, Jesus speaking, by the way, but you, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, this is why this is not a hallelujah service. I want to ask you a question. How many of you have a daily prayer time? All right. About 20%. Well, I did see a show of hands. Okay. So let me formally ask for a show of hands then, I guess. Uh, no, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't want to embarrass anyone. But the point is, if you are a believer, God expects you to pray. But Jesus gives us very specific directions. He said, when you pray, go. That, that's very important. When you pray, you got to be, you got to leave some things behind in order to get to that place of genuine prayer. He said, when you pray, go into your room. Public prayer is very important. Jesus did it. The disciples and actually the early church also participated in public and corporate prayer. But public prayer is only powerful and useful if first you develop your own private prayer life. So, I mean, if you're already prayed up and then you come into a room of prayed up people, that's when corporate power is really released. But what happens nine times out of ten, this is why I can't go to our prayer meetings often. Because as a pastor, I'm gifted to watch for the flock. And what happens is I see so many needs that ministry has to happen instead of prayer. So for that reason, if you ever wonder why I'm not at wow, it's that reason because whenever I yield to this, I'll start praying for the sick. I'll start having work. But that's not what we're there for. We are to pray things fruity. You understand it? Did I lose everybody in the room? All right. He said, go into your what? Room. Martin Luther said this, to be a Christian Without prayer is no more possible than, than being alive without breathing. Notice what he says. When you what? Pray. How many think Jesus might know a little something about prayer? So here's the question. Why don't we listen to him? He said, go. Leave everything else on the outside. Into your room, find a private, undisturbed area for the exclusive purpose of getting hold of God. And it wasn't that Jesus was so concerned about, you know, the, the, the particular room as much as we, we needed to find a place where we could be alone, we could be unfiltered and unguarded. Here's the reality. I can't pray around everybody. 
Because if some people heard me pray, they judge me. If, if I start talking from my heart about what I'm really feeling and going through, people going to reprimand me, say I shouldn't say that. You understand what I'm saying? So, so Jesus said he knows that about people. There's only some things I could say in public that won't be a problem down the line. So he said, if you really want an encounter with God, if you really want a heart to heart with the Father, you got to get in a situation where you don't care who's watching, you don't care who's listening. Come on, let, let me, let, let me tell, let, tell the truth. Okay, I'll tell the truth on myself, okay? This is not you, it's me. The reality is it takes me about 10 minutes of conversation with God before I start telling the truth. I'm so busy being pastor, somebody's father, I got to be strong, I got to be this, that, and the other. And it takes me a while to start really getting to, you know what, Lord, this is really what's going on. But I know, I know you're different. I know you're different. But with me, it takes a minute. So if you only pray when you're in trouble, you're already in trouble. It's not going to get much better, okay? But I'm in the book. Say, so go into your room, and when you have shut your door. You see, 99% of our praying happens while we're doing something else. But can you really have a quality conversation with the person while you're playing a video game and watching TV? You're probably saying, yeah, well, I tried that with my wife. And she don't let me get away when she's a human. Matter of fact, I had a black eye to prove it. Just joking, just joking. Now, if my wife doesn't let me have a serious conversation with her without me doing something else, why do we pull this stuff with God? He says, shut your door. So you say, Bishop, I'm praying. I said, no, you're not. When have you turned everything off except God? When have you closed your door in till you got an answer? He said, when you shut the door, not while you're doing other things. Now, I pray always, meaning I pray when I do other stuff, but I don't only pray when I'm doing other stuff. But when you shut the door, then pray to your father who is in the secret place. And what Jesus is saying is since God is invisible and unseen, finding a secret place only helps co us correspond with his nature. Our greatest battles are won on our knees. Yeah. And then it says, and your father who sees in secret, where no one else can see. When he sees it in secret, it's at that point he rewards you openly. So when we learn to hide away, to tuck ourselves away and get somewhere where no one else can see us but God, God will then give us results that everybody else can see. But you got to follow the pattern. It's first you pulling alone. How many of you know that most babies, I know there's some exceptions, it's crazy out there nowadays, but most babies are conceived in private. <laughs> I know the world's changing though. It's in private. Matter of fact, 
Mom and dad didn't know. Your neighbors might not have known. People down the hall might not have known. But give it a few months. (laughs) What was sown in the dark shows up in the light. Likewise, when we have an intimate relationship with God, that's when he sows answers. That's when he, 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 he sows confidence and, and boldness, and he, he straightens me out. And, and when, when I go in, you know, no one can see what, what has happened. But I come out differently, and, and, and there's a, like, you know, there's a, I just know some things, and I got answers suddenly. But I, I, I'm a certain way in public because of private. But a lot of us are away in public, and we don't have the private to back it up. And that's why we're exhausted, we're tired, and we kind of feel like it's a show. 2 Kings 19, 14. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, Judah was geographically pressed and squeezed between the two superpowers, Egypt and Assyria. So the only thing Hezekiah could do was appeal to the ultimate superpower situated between the two cherubim. He said, O Lord God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim on the mercy seat, you are God. He had trouble on every side. But though the Assyrians were incredibly powerful and quite cruel, as I said, Hezekiah did not doubt the power of his God. Then he goes on, and this is his prayer, by the way. He said, you, you have, alone have made heaven and earth. And it, it, see, this is important. Instead of magnifying the threat and his problem, he magnified his God. And you have to learn, man, to, to go into the presence of God even before. You, I know you got problems, but you're talking to God. What is your little problem compared to the almighty God? So when Jesus said, listen, let me teach you how to pray. He said, this is where you started, our father relationship. You need to know that God loves you. But then right after that, which are name, hallowed. You start with magnifying his name. And it's amazing when you start thinking how big he is, your stuff just starts shrinking in your, your mind. And then he said, incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and what? See. It's not that God did not already hear and didn't already see. It's just that in God's economy, for whatever reason, and God's wise, there's a good reason for it, I'm sure. God requires prayer and faith before he acts. Forgive me for keep going back to the marriage relationship. I'm not attempting to be crude. But God could have made it such that when a man and woman shook hands at a certain temperature, a baby would come. (laughs) But God wanted it to be more intimate than that. He said, I only want to produce life when two people can get vulnerable with each other, when, when two people can, can take off, I don't know where I'm going now. I'm concerned now. <laughs> but when, when two people can take off the outer garments, y'all going to fill in the rest of this, okay? And it's only in that unmasking and that revealing that life comes. And just the way God designed us to conceive humans, God has designed that we conceive our prayers the same way 
after we take our masks off, after we reveal ourselves, you know? And I'm getting back to the text as quickly as possible. He said, incline your ear, O Lord, hear and open your eyes, O Lord, and, and see. John Wesley said, God does nothing apart from believing prayer. I believe he was on to something. He said, Lord, hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Sennacherib began to boast that no God could save Jerusalem from his human hand. But Hezekiah knew how to go and find that secret place. And there's certain diseases, certain problems, certain reports, certain conversations that it seemed that there's no natural way for you to be delivered, set free. And, and this, I mean, death and destruction is imminent. But we serve a mighty... And let me, but if, if we just find that secret... But you, you know what? This is God's approach typically to human problems. And almost every time there was a major problem in the earth, you know the way God answered it? He sent a baby. The Israelites were in captivity. Moses rushed on the waters of the Nile. And the princess grabbed him. God wanted the Messiah to come to the earth. Abraham, at his old age, had a baby. The world was full of sin. No one can save, could save. Matter of fact, the revelator said, John was on the Isle of Patmos, and he was, the great revelation came to him. The angel was there. Jesus was there. It was a whole deal. And he wept, the Bible said, because no one could open the scrolls of the book. But then the Bible said, but behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. How did God solve the sin problem? God sent a baby. Placed this seed of the word of God into Mary's womb. Before we know it, she's rocking a baby in the manger. Typically, the answers to the world's needs are not thought through as much as conceived. The answer to the problem in your life it's probably not going to be line upon line. It's not going to be intellectual, but something caught and conceived in the womb of your spirit. Here's this analogy that's making me super nervous, and I wish I'd quit already. But typically, people don't get pregnant the first time. I mean, there's some exceptions. It takes a number of times. Just like every seed you put in the soil, every one doesn't always sprout up. But you know, if you put enough in there, eventually something's going to stick. So I can't guarantee that, that every single time you go to God in prayer, you're going to absolutely leave there with the answer. But what I do know is if you do it enough, if it becomes a daily habit, if it becomes part of your lifestyle... It's just a matter of time before you see results. As soon as Hezekiah finished his prayer, watch what happens in verse 19. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, son of Hezekiah, said, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. Notice, after he prayed, he heard the word of the Lord. How many need a word from the Lord? 
follow the pattern. He said, because you have prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have what? Heard. All because a king prayed. Imagine if God's kings and queens would return to prayer today. Imagine the power that could be released because as one king prayed, an angel was released and 185,000 soldiers were killed in the night. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big. God wants you to live a life that's big, a life that's bigger than yourself and inspired by the vision he has just for you. The challenge is that sometimes we get stuck on the journey. Things become stagnant and and keep us from living up to our full potential. We know that sometimes, you know, things need to change, but we just don't know what or how. When this happens, the, the big question we must ask ourselves is how do I get unstuck? How do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, I've developed an assessment tool that will reveal where you are and, and where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will point you toward resources that are going to help you remove barriers and, and, and keep you moving forward. This assessment is completely free. Not only that, once you complete the assessment, you'll be directed to a page where you can claim a free copy of my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. Don't settle for mediocrity. Live big. Let's get started by visiting canilivebig.com. And let's visit it today. That's canilivebig.com.